This is the hour, this is the time in our service where we dig deep in the Word of God. And uh, I want you to turn to your Bible. Turn your Bible to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. We will also look at Luke 24, but turn to John chapter 20. And from 19 onwards, we are going to read. John 20. And we're doing the game game changer, game changers, the series, series on game changers, and this could be your game changing moment uh, for some of you this morning. Why are we doing this series? We are doing this series to show the importance after resurrection. Why Jesus stayed back for forty days? How many days? Forty days. He stayed back for forty days to do important ministries. And that is so relevant to our church that we want to look at the Word of God. So this is not a sermon. This is not a sermon. This is imparting what is really important for you and I. And I want you to stay with me for the next 30 minutes. For the next 30 minutes. The Word of God says... In John twenty nineteen, the same day at evening, because it's the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, see, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Can we take a quiet moment and let that word of God sing in you? The word shalom. Peace be with you. Shalom aleichem. The same day at evening, the first day of the week when the doors were shut, When the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Now, my friends, um, we are talking about fear today. Okay? Jesus stayed back for 40 days, one, to deal with fear. To deal with fear. And why this is important? Why this is important to turn the world upside down? Because without dealing with fear, this bunch of 12 or more, at this time more than hundreds that are gathered there, have shut their door inside. They have isolated themselves. They are inward focused and they are not venturing out to fulfill what God has asked them to do. And Jesus had to deal with this. Jesus had to deal with it. Do you know that fear is one of the first emotions that Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve felt when they disobeyed the Lord by eating the fruit? Fear was there in the garden. When the Lord came by in Genesis and asked Adam, where are you? He said, uh, uh, I was afraid. I'm hiding and I was afraid. I was afraid. 
Why was he afraid? Because this is not the first time that God has talked to them. The Word of God says, God has walked with them in the garden. God has talked to Adam and Eve many, many, many times. But today, when he heard the voice of God, he is afraid. He is fearful. When we disobey the Lord, fear comes in our lives. When we wander away from the Lord, fear comes in our lives. Fear is not from God. This negative fear is not from the Lord. Fear is from the evil one. Fear is from Satan. This is the tool that he uses to decapitate you. Fear is a powerful tool in the hands of Satan to make you inward, to isolate you, to hide from God. That you are not fellowshipping with God, that you are not fellowshipping with God's people, that you are not going outside. As the Word of God says, go, go. Go. Fear doesn't let you go. Fear lets you stay put. Fear lets you stop where you are. Fear doesn't let you progress in your life. And the Lord Jesus Christ has to deal with this fear. Because He wants us to be fruitful and productive. Peace is not the absence of fear. Hey, fear will be there in our lives. Fear is out there. It's ready to grab us anytime. It's not the absence of fear. Fear is not the absence of fear. But what is it? It's the presence of joy in the midst of fear. It's the presence of faith in the midst of fear. But when fear overpowers us, it suppresses us. And we don't have joy. We don't have faith. Because fear enslaves us. We have become the slave of fear. See, fear turns people inward. How do we know that? The disciples, the doors were shut. John 19, 20, the doors were shut. Why did they shut the door? Where they assembled. Isn't it interesting that Luke, the one who wrote this, uh, John, the one who wrote this, he says, uh, the doors were shut where the disciples assembled. It means the other doors were open. It could suggest maybe the neighbor's door. The houses of other doors were open. Only the place, not only the place, but in this case, the place that the disciples were staying, their doors were shut. And John noticed that. Why did they shut the door? Why would you shut the door? Did Christ tell them to become inward? To isolate themselves? Or did they tell him to go out? To share? To spread? How do you spread when you shut? How do you go when you shut? Christ had to deal with this, my friends. He had to deal with this. That's why he stayed back for 40 days. Another thing is, do you notice that fear draws people together? Fear is something that draws people together. I've noticed this even in this country, right? Uh, Even before the election, a lot of fear. There's a lot of political activity. Because of fear, it draws people. And now again, because of fear, it draws a lot of people together. Fear, okay, misery. Fear loves company, I'm telling you. right? It loves company. 
they come out of the woodwork and oh, everybody come for one cause because they were afraid of this guy, of this woman, of things that are happening, of change that are happening in the church. They gang up, you know, let's go to the pastor and let him know that we are afraid. My wife and we were invited to a law caucus dinner in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. We went there and we went into the ballroom at uh, Hilton. 800 people were there. Right? They said that they have never seen so much lawyer gather. Uh, not everyone were lawyer. I, of course, me and my wife, we were not lawyers. Uh, and it was very, it was a pleasant, wonderful, exciting evening to just hang out with the lawyers. And good food too. Good company, you know. Very, uh, lots of laughter. Okay? There's at, at one of the at one point of the program, a very charismatic, humorous guy came up. Right? He came up and he started talking about what the lawyers do, and people were laughing. And then he went to immigration. Okay, is that's a hot topic there, right? And uh, he talked about immigration, and uh, you know what? With the the things that are happening with immigration, we do a lot of free work. Uh, for a lot of people that are stuck in the airport or somewhere and we fight for them and you know people are clapping their hands and then uh, who wants to give uh, to this cause and there's a lady first time attendee right there in front and she donated uh, 17,000 right there for the cause I said wow and now he's working he's really working them right he has this evangelistic tone now fervor and say hey who wants to join this 17,000 group you know, some hands going up there. 17,000 just like that popped up right there. Okay. And the 17,000 gone, go down to 10,000, you know, to 5,000, to 3,000, to 500, to 100. I mean, hands were, you know what? And I turned to my wife, you know, because I said, this is just like me, you know. Because he was saying, oh, I see your hand. Oh, I see your hand there. Oh, I see. I said, honey, I just did this on Easter Sunday. He's just like me, you know. It's just that he raised better money than me, I guess. Right? Uh, can I get a 17,000, anybody? <laughs> I see your hand, yes. <laughs> and I sit there, and one thing that's common about lawyers and pastors, do you know that? What do you know? They give you false hope sometimes. Many pastors, many lawyers, they give you false hope. That's the reason why I tell our church never to look at me. Never to follow me. Never to keep you as the center of your faith. And to hold this church together. That's why I tell you to look on Jesus Christ. And to follow him. That he's the head of this church. You should never follow your pastor. You should follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Your pastor, your pastor is just like you. And if you listen to him, every word that he say, without connecting to the word of God, he can give you false promises, false hope. What happened to those people that gave a lot of money there in San Francisco? Do you think their problems were solved? No. They went out of there with the same fear. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my friends? Are they coming for us? The fear is still there. Fear is not dealt just because you put something for a cause. There's something more than that. The world cannot take away our fear. I'm telling you, real people have real issues. Real people have real issues. And the real God has the right solution. You get that? 
Only God can give us a solution. The fear that we have, only God can deal with it. Peace is the present. Peace is present in the midst of fear. Jesus came and stood in the midst of this frightened, fearful bunch of people. And he said, peace be with you. Why do you think he said that? Why do you think, why can't he say different things? I mean, if you were like, I don't know, I told you so, that I will raise again. You know, he didn't say that. He was like, I'm so upset with you guys, you bunch of faithless people. He just said, peace be with you. Why? Because peace can dispel fear. And that word was needed to be spoken at that time, at that place, and even today in our lives. Are you with me, church? Yeah? Yes. Yes, I like it. I like that. So, uh, this prevailing fear of the Jews... It has been there from before. Let me go back, right? When the Jews were uh, seeking Jesus, even during the feast, people talked about how good Christ is and what a great prophet and all those things. You know what? Uh, but no, one's, no one openly spoke about him. You know why? Because people were afraid of the Jews. That fear was prevailing from before. Faith and following Christ. There has been some fear from before. And when Jesus was finally killed, this fear was like it has become gigantic, enormous, multiplied. Fear was one of the first emotions. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Why do we need to overcome this fear? Why? Why do we need to overcome this fear? Because the fear of man brings snares. When you're afraid, when you fear man, it ensnares you, it enslaves you. How many of you have not gone out to do something because somebody said something about your skill and abilities? Huh? How many of you have stopped singing in the church because some people said that, oh, you're not a good singer? How many of you have stopped praying because you prayed the wrong prayer? Right? I had a friend who is a pastor now and we were having a prayer meeting, life group prayer meeting and we asked him to close the life group prayer meeting and he stood up and prayed in front of so many people. Lord, thank you for the food. And he was so embarrassed. He was so embarrassed. We have those kind of embarrassing moments that let you not do anything, not not let you get involved in the church because somebody says something about your work. It's the fear of pleasing people. That has kept us from going forward and serving the Lord. You know, but who trust in the Lord, they shall be saved. Uh, The New American Standard said, they shall be uplifted. If you trust in the Lord, you will be uplifted. You will be exalted. You will be saved. But fear of people will ensnare you. You will become unproductive, unfruitful in your life. Fear the Lord so that you can be exalted. Fear man so you can be enslaved. What are you choosing today? Is the word of God too little for you? Is God too small for you in the face of the criticism of your friend, your parents, people that you know? That their word, their word is bigger than the promise of God's word. That you can hear 
the criticism of your friends stronger than the promise of the word of God that raised Jesus from the dead. How can we overcome fear? Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. When you trust the Lord, you're going to feed on his faithfulness. When you, tr- when you trust people, you're going to be ensnared. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. How many of you are looking for new, new next things in your life? To venture out to do something. But you have, you have not done anything because you're afraid. God's been prompting you. God's been opening doors for you. You can see the sign where he's leading you. But you're not taking the step forward because, oh, there is a lion out there. The lion's going to eat me. Right, Proverbs? There's a lion out there. I can't go out. The remedy of fear is peace. And he said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his sight. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. The remedy of fear is peace. Christ's peace casts out fear. Peace be with you. Christ's peace takes our eyes from our fear to whom? To Christ. The disciples were so low, so desperate, so defeated. The only strength they have is to get up and lock the door and staying there in the room. And Christ came into their midst. And what did he do? Look at me. Look at my hand. Look at my side. He is taking the eyes of the disciples from misery from fear to whom? To Christ. What happens next is amazing. You know what? Joy replaced fear. A second ago they were afraid. And suddenly when they look at the hands and the side, and when they look into Christ, they were filled with disbelieving joy. That's how Luke described in Luke 24. Disbelieving joy. You come and ask, Pastor, what can I do with my fear? What can I do? Why am I afraid? Look to Christ. Study the Word of God. If we study the Word of God and look to Christ, He will give you the answer. That sounds so simple. No, it's not. Because you know how hard it is to read the Word of God daily. You know how hard it is to follow Christ daily. It's not simple. But I want you to try it. I want you to try this patiently, endure it. And then you come back and say, Pastor, I tried, it didn't work. Right? Then we'll go and find somebody else to follow, if that's the truth. We fear when we forget God's promises. You know, he said, I'm not going to have this meal with you together again until the kingdom of God come in Mark 14, 25 to 28. And after he's saying all these things, he said that all of you are, are going to go a tumultuous time. You'll be like uh, the sheep and the shepherd is going to be attacked. 
He, he learned all these things in Mark 14. And then, but remember, I want you, I will go before you. Meet me in the Galilee. That's what he said. I'm going to go before you. So we'll see each other in Galilee, okay? Right? So this is three days ago. Christ is saying to his disciples, I will go before you to Galilee. Where were the disciples? Do you know? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Christ told them, we'll meet in Galilee. They were in Jerusalem. What were they doing in Jerusalem? Why wouldn't they go to Galilee? Why? Because they forgot the promises. And now fear is so big. Then they forgot the word that he said three days ago. That they huddled themselves in fear in a room in Jerusalem. And you're shaking your head. Oh, these disciples. Why can't they listen to Christ? But isn't that just like you and I? We are also not going forward. He says, the Lord himself will go before you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Deuteronomy. You know, fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41 verse 10. I will go before you and will level the mountain for you. Isaiah 45 verse 2. But we stay put. We stay put. We have not gone out. Because we were afraid. We are afraid. But he said I will go before you. I will level the mountain for you. I will help you. I will lift you up with my righteous hand. But we're staying put. Why? It's not just the disciples who forgot in three days to meet Christ in Galilee. It's an appointment. They stayed in Jerusalem. How many times God has told you lately, this month, this year, that telling you to go somewhere. He has opened door for you to go somewhere and you are staying put because you're afraid. How many? I am with you always. I am with you always. Christ said that to the disciples. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also sent you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Received the Holy Spirit. John 20, 21 and 22. See, overcoming fear was important to fulfill the Great Commission. Do you know that, that now? Christ still bears the commission from God. And overcoming fear was important to fulfill the commission. Where does this peace come from? Peace comes from God. One. Second one. Because as the Father has sent me. Peace was given to us. Christ said, my peace I give to you. Right? And then, for us today, what is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Peace is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When we have the Holy Spirit, we will manifest peace to other people. This is necessary to fulfill the kingdom of God. Even so, I sent you. Before we move to 
here from Midwest. Um, we didn't just say, oh, we're going to go. You know, Santa Clara, perfect place. Okay, Silicon Valley, yeah, that's where we want to go. You know, housing is great, weather is great. We, you know, we are out there. And we struggled. Partly, we struggled because of our kids. Okay. Because my son was going to a private school, he had a full-ride scholarship, $22,000 a year. Till high school, he will get it. My second son was already offered fifteen, no, $13,500 for scholarship in the private school and going on for the full-ride scholarship. Okay? It'll be good till college. And we're hoping the same thing. My daughter will get into that. Big part of it. House. Our, our life was there. Pretty sad. If we continue to live there, I saw myself pretty stable. I can easily retire out here. Life will be good. But there is this call in our heart. This yearning in our heart that God has called us to the West. And this never left for a couple of years now. And uh, when we start looking at schools and house, it's like, how are we going to live there? How are we going to live there? But did that prevent us from coming out here? No, it did not. Because I trust in God's call that provision will come from Him. Right? So when we got here, uh, Sharon and uh, Jerry uh, gave the, their house to us for 40, 45 days. We lived there in their house, right? A homeless pastor pastoring a church where, you know. Um, but we, we were okay, you know. They were wonderful, wonderful house. A lovely time there. And then the, but the school. Now, the school was, we were not happy with the school at all. I mean, it was just a downgrade from where we were. And like, Lord, what's going to go on here? I don't see the full picture. But God added things in my kids' education life that we begin to see. Do I see the full picture now? No, I don't. You know? Do I pray about it? Yes, I do, every day. I do, every day. But if I have stopped for fear of all those things, I wouldn't be here with these wonderful people that are here. Yes? Wonderful people that are here. And a great opportunity for ministry. I would have missed it out. I would have missed all the baptism we have done this year. All the people that have been saved. Maybe some other people through their ministry. But I would like to think, I did it. (laughs) Forgive me, Lord. I would have missed those things. So what's God telling you today? Even so, I sent you. You know, there were three Three times Christ repeated the commission. Do you know that? In this post-resurrection, in 40 days, Christ repeated the commission three times. One, John 20. When he stood on the same day, in the evening of the Easter morning, when he had met with the two men on the road to Emmaus and Mary Magdalene, and when he left, the two men, Cleopas and the other men, supposedly Luke, Then he came and stood that evening, and he said, Peace to you, I sent you, as my Father has sent me. One. Second time, right where? Matthew 28. 
All authority is given to me in heaven and earth. I want you to go and make disciples and teach them everything that you have heard that I have taught. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which we just did. Second time. And the third time is in Acts chapter 1. When you read, you know, from uh, 7 to 13. Say, uh, wait on the Spirit. And when the power has come upon you, I want you to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Three times he repeated that commission. But he had to deal with fear first for them to go. Do you you see now how important it is to deal with the fear? How fear decapitates us, enslaves us, and keep us where we are. And I tell you, Satan just loves when we take no action. He likes it. Because we're not going to turn the world upside down. Right? Okay. I say 30 minutes, so uh, we're going to go into prayer, and then I'll end with something. Now, before we do that, um, I'm going to allow three questions, right? Anybody that's going through time, you want to ask something, uh, the pastor, I'll allow three questions, and then I'll answer here. Or you can text me, ask Dr. Dubs, right? 408-769-8672. I'm a doctor of the soul, right? I do have a doctorate degree, okay? So I can call myself. Okay. So any question? And somebody can help me. There's a mic here. Uh, That wants to ask something related to this topic on, on fear or God's guidance. And then I'll try to answer you from the Word of God. You're saying, Pastor, we have never done this before, right? (laughs) Don't be afraid. Okay. (laughs) If there is no question, then I'll be absolutely great. You received just a wonderful, excellent teaching. (laughs) No questions? Yeah, we got one question down there. He may give you some strength, right? Hi. Um, what would you say is the first step to facing our fears? The first step to facing our fear is to go into the Word of God and pray that God will speak to you. Okay? So when fear comes to you, do not run to people first. Do not run for solution outside the Scripture. I want you to take that time, sit down, pray and let God speak to you from the word of God. Just you and God and see where it goes. Right? Okay. But that's not easy to do. Okay? Because we'd rather post on Instagram and Facebook. I had a depressing day. Right? Anyone else? Yes. We got one at the back. Did Jesus ever experience fear? And he was God. He created everything. He was one with the Father. But did he ever 
experience fear and because he did can he relate to us being fearful oh you mean did Christ ever experience fear okay so uh, fear translation from Greek and Hebrew fear means feeling inadequate okay fear means to flee because of inadequacy it is the incompleteness that's the translation of fear phobos in Greek okay did Christ ever experience that no he was completely adequate by himself he was uh, full and whole by himself he has the wholeness of God now there is another question though was he tempted in every way to understand what we go through yes he was tempted in every way. You read Hebrews chapter 2 and then 12. Uh, he was tempted in every way and he suffered and he overcome it. That is the reason why he can perfectly understand every temptation and trials that we go through. Right? He can relate to that. He experienced no fear. He can overcome fear for us because he was adequate in himself. Right? So... Uh, uh, if you're from different country, uh, you have heard like the uh, Eastern greeting, uh, Salam Alaikum, right? It's not a Muslim greeting. Salam Alaikum is peace be unto you. Okay, that's in uh, Arabic. And in Hebrew, Shalom Alaikum is the same as peace be unto you. This is uh, the wholeness as a gift from God. That's Shalom Alaikum, Shalom. Christ has perfect wholeness. One last question. Yes, at the corner over there. So my question is, uh, is facing like difficult challenges kind of equivalent to like facing your fears? Like, uh, like facing the unknown at work or things like that of such natures? Yeah, facing the unknown is a big struggle for all of us. That's one of the fear. The unknown is a big fear. So how, how do we live our life when we don't know what's going to happen today and tomorrow, right? Then we go back to the Word of God. It says, commit your ways to the Lord and trust Him also, and He will bring it to pass. You have to commit your unknown and trust, not just commit. Oh, I've already committed. You have to commit and then you have to trust so he will bring it to pass. There is another word from Psalms. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Right? So, when you delight in the Lord, one... How do we delight in the Lord? We delight in the Lord by reading the Word of God, by praying and asking what to do. That's how we delight. Then He will give you the desire. What is the desire? There may be some desire that is not known to you, but as you delight, He will give you the desire, and He will take you to the destination. See? Delight, desire, and destination. These things are put together. So you begin with delighting first, then He will give you the desire, and you will find yourself where you want to get to. We good with that? Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. 
You can't delight in the Lord when you are separating from Him. Okay? So let me finish with this word for you. So, peace, irony, shalom, means to tie or to join together. Because you thought that peace was like emotions. It could be a part of it. Much more than that. It's not this fuzzy-wuzzy feeling, okay? Right? That makes you want to cry. It's so good. Oh, it's, I'm so touched. I love you. Yes, I love you too. But it's about joining together. Okay? Now, fear means feeling inadequate. See? For both, feeling inadequate. Peace means properly. I, you would have never defined peace as properly. It's like, do it properly. Properly done. Peace means properly. Fear means separating from God. Peace means when all the essential parts are put together. Fear means withdrawal. Peace means God's gift of wholeness. Fear means without sufficient resources. But if you have the Spirit of God, it says, 2 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of sound mind and peace. Spirit of boldness. The power of love and of sound mind. There is no confusion when God calls. And there is no fear when the Holy Spirit convicts. And there is peace and sound mind when we obey. It is discomforting. It is confusing when we don't obey. And when we don't go. When he tells us to go. That is the reason why you are at discomfort. God has not given us the spirit of fear but the spirit of boldness and sound mind. And today as we go out as peoples of God, as the worship team is coming so we can worship, let the power of God go with you. And uh, you can text me during this week. I'm serious about this. Uh, And I'll try to answer it to you. Okay, I'll keep this to myself. Whatever you text to me, the struggle that you're going through, I will take this thing and read the Word of God and pray, and I'll try to text it back what the Scripture says. So uh, may God bless us. Let fear be dispelled and replaced with joy, disbelieving joy. He who has Christ in us, he who has Christ lived in us, the Spirit of God lives in us, in us. And the Spirit of God has power. The resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He dwells within us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I tell you that resurrection is a game changer. Resurrection is a game changer. And the Spirit that lives within us. The Spirit that lives within us is the one that raised Jesus from the dead. And we can experience this resurrection power if we follow Him. If we obey Him in faith. By faith. 
not because of our strength and ability, but in the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God, if we follow Him, He can lift us up. He can exalt us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet and praise and worship Him. Let's be on our feet and praise and worship Him.